Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What Do You Mean You've Never Streamed, a podcast that explores and analyzes prestigious or popular streaming series. Yes. I'm your host, Jonathan Cologne, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Jennifer Branch. Hello. And Max Abelman. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us to discuss this week's episode of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Ooh. episode five. What's it called? Partings. Ooh. Parking? Parting. Parting. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. This episode was called <laughs> Parking and Rear. Partings. Yes. Partings. Okay. Got it. Yes. And boy, was there a lot to talk about in yeah. this week's oh my episode. Gosh, yes. So much has happened. Starting off with some people from the Southlands that were up in the tower decide they're going to go pledge their loyalty to Sauron, which yeah, is... great idea. Yeah. Worst idea ever. <laughs> that went well. First of all, Sauron wasn't there. No, so Sauron wasn't... is not a part of this. Adar like... was not happy about that. No, he was pissed. He's, He's like, like, I'm Adar. I am not Sauron. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'm doing my own thing. Thank you. I'm not Sauron. Yeah. So, which is interesting because maybe this group of orcs and Adar are shifted off from Sauron and maybe he's got his own orcs somewhere else because he was like not happy about being compared to him. So maybe mm, they're yeah. their own thing. I don't know. Perhaps. Just going to give a short overview of what happened because we'll just get into all of it as we go. The people in Numenor are preparing for their departure. They have to, I guess, takes a couple of days to get ready to go. And Ferrazo or Ferrazo, I can't remember how you say his name, the Grand Vizier dude, his son sets one of the boats on fire. Yeah. <laughs> which causes another boat to catch on fire. So now instead of five boats, they only have three boats. Mm. And Isildur was trying to stow away on that boat and he caught him. Yep. Yeah. Trying to set it on fire. And so... then Isildur saved his life, but didn't turn him in, which he totally should have. Mm. And because Isildur participated in the rescue of this guy, and of course he's an important guy, he's the son of the first assistant to the Queen Regent, it secures him a spot on the ship, which the whole episode, his father kept telling him, no, you can't go. And then he tried to get his friends to get him on, and they were like, no, we don't want you there. Yeah. Right. So well, no one wants this, his including his sister, Euphoria, whatever her name is. She doesn't want anybody going. Yeah. She's the one who talks Ferrazo's son into... She tells him to talk to his father and talk his father out of it. When that doesn't work, he decides on his own to go set the ships on fire. Yeah. And I, they mm. said it in this episode. I don't remember if they said it in other episodes, but the Ferrazo is the queen's cousin. They say yes. that a couple of times in this one. So I was yeah. like, okay, so it's all coming together now. Yeah. Yeah. He's not just a gray Santa Claus. He no. looks a lot if like only. a gray Santa he's Claus. He's very Santa Clausy. Yes. Yes. But no, he's the queen's cousin. And he has an ulterior motive for supporting the queen's decision to do this because he wants the new kingdom that they're going to form in the Southlands to trade and rely on Numenor in the future, which will make everybody a lot of money, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Well, he has ulterior motives, but I mean, they're not bad motives. He's just like, my motives aren't the same as what the queen's doing. But I do yeah. think overall, this is going to be a net positive for us. Yeah. So, yeah. He's pragmatic and he wants to lord it over the elves, too. Yeah. Which is a little yeah. less... Okay, but, yeah. you know, whatever. I can see why he's got a problem with the elves, mm. honestly. You know, they're not always on the up and up. No, uh, no. deception is definitely in their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Over in Nori's story, she is traveling along with the family, and the stranger helps her, and 
They get attacked by wolves, and that Ooh. Malva lady, who or Marva or whatever, or Mulva or whatever her name is, <laughs> the one that originally wanted to kick Dory's family off of the caravan because of what happened with the stranger back in episode three, is still trying to get them to dump the dude. They walk through this forest where all the trees are bare, and they're not normally bare this time of year. She thinks that's a bad sign, and she thinks it's the stranger that's bringing the bad luck. Right. But then she gets rescued from wolves, or wolf-like creatures. They keep calling them wolves. They call them wolves, but these are not like any wolves I've ever seen. They're like mutant wolves. It's like something out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like part pig, part wolf. Yeah. Yeah. He rescues them. He does something with his arm and sends a shockwave through the ground that knocks all the wolves off their pins, and then they all run away. It's a good thing for her they didn't get rid of him because she would have been killed by the wolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah. So That's hopefully she learned her lesson. But he, that kind of wins him favor with the whole crew, yeah. Nori says. It sort of like yeah. brings everybody on his side. And then his arm that he used to send the shockwave has like burns or black marks on it. He goes and puts it in a well and freezes the well with some incantation that he's speaking in his own language. And then when Nori tries to stop him, her hand gets ice on it. And then he pulls his arm out of the well and she goes flying. And now she's scared of him, I guess. And that's where that story ends. Which, why was she trying to stop him? You know, he's a mysterious stranger, Nori. Like, let him do his thing. You think you're going to rescue him from the ice? He's causing the ice. I don't know. That was weird. Uh, Yes. Oh, but the best part about Nori's story was Poppy sings a song and we get a cool montage, like a a travel montage. montage. You know I love a good montage. It was very Disney. It was very Disney. There was was maps. There was different (laughs) terrains. It was a really pretty song. I loved it. Loved everything about it. Continuing, please. Continuing her Disney princess storyline. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I I want more of that. In every episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good song. I liked that song. We've had a lot of singing in this. It's we have. Like, well, Lord there's, of the Rings, the musical. But there's a lot of singing yeah. in the Lord of the Rings. They just... That's true. That's true. They didn't really do it that much in the Lord of the Rings movies, but there's tons of poetry and songs yeah, and stuff. That's yeah, true. Just, that's true. But maybe this series will end with like a fun song mashup montage like Shrek does. Cool. Like that. That would be yeah. fun. I love oh, that. Yeah. Some covers of some <laughs> yeah. monkey songs. Yes. That would yeah. do that. I'm a believer. <laughs> They're going to do I'm a believer. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the L. Ron Hubbard storyline. Yes. <laughs> He's very Peter Pan looking. Is he it just is. me? Every time I yeah. look at it, especially they put him in like a green outfit. I'm like, Peter Pan. No yeah, he, looks like, he looks like grown up Peter Pan. He does. So he and Durin have traveled back to the kingdom where Landon the high king. Or Landon. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where the high king is. And there's a bunch of stuff we don't really need to go into. There's a lot of farting around with the table yeah and they're all trying to trick each everybody's other trying to trick stuff. everybody yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it turns out that that tree where we saw the bad leaf fall from in the first episode now the entire tree is rotted Ooh. yeah and it's very creepy looking i think gilgalad is the king's name gilgalad tells elrond that they need the mithril yes to stop whatever is happening with the ground because it's also going to make the elves diminish Mm. And we know from previous installments that there is some sort of a life force in Middle-earth that sustains the elves. And when that life force goes away, they will no longer be immortal. That would suck. I mean, who wants to be immortal? That sounds awful. Yeah, that's... uh, I I mean, if I was rich... I would want to be immortal. I wouldn't want to be like Fair immortal enough. and like living on the street. Right. Can you imagine? Oh gosh. I've been homeless for 500 years. <laughs> Sounds great. 
Yeah. But meanwhile, it's just a lot of nonsense where the king's trying to get Elrond to give up the secret. And he's like, I made a promise. And it's so stupid because he asks him, like, do they have it? And he's like, well, I promised I wouldn't tell. You're giving up the information there. Right. Yeah. If you had said no, (laughs) then that's a no. If you didn't have it, you wouldn't have a secret. You're telling him without telling yeah. him. It was, like, uh, that's a yes. And we saw that same scene at least twice. <laughs> yeah, it, it happened twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I said, there's a lot of nonsense in the Elrond story this week that was really not necessary for this episode. They could have cut a lot of it out. Mm-hmm. And this episode and, was long. I keep yeah. calling it, it a very movie. Long. It was an episode. It was over an hour long. It was yeah. very long. And they had all four storylines jammed into it. Which is crazy because we got so little of Arendir and Bronwyn, but so much of Elrond. Yeah, Arendir and Bronwyn and Nori, they were only maybe in the first 20 to 25 minutes. And then we don't see them again the rest of the episode, right? Well, no. Do we see Arendir? No, Arendir and Bronwyn 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 we see at the very beginning and close to the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't see him anywhere in the middle. And Nori we only see in the first half. Yeah. But that happened with her in a previous episode. She was only yeah, in the first Yeah, well, she wasn't yeah. in the last episode at all. Right. So. Anyway, long story short, Elrond talks to Durin and explains the situation. And Durin says, okay, let's go talk to my father and see if we can allow you to mine the mithril in the mountain. So it could have been one scene. It was like 12 scenes. Well, and it's yeah. like he's so protective of it in the last episode for all of it to just be like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, let's mine it. He made it sound so secretive and so precious and so important. And then it took one conversation for him to be like, yeah, let's go. Let's I'll go talk to my dad. We got this. Well, I think before he was protecting it because it was a source of income. And now that he knows that it can save the elves. I guess. It's it's different. He's more charitable for that reason. It's like all the elves are double crossing Elrond and using him as a pawn in their game. And it's kind of messed up. And it makes Elrond seem kind of stupid. He's not figuring out why he's getting sent to all these places. And he's like, I just wanted to go talk to my friend. I don't know. This was not my favorite storyline in this episode. No. No. Well, speaking of Arendir and Bronwyn, they're up in the tower. They've received the message that Arendir brought back from Adar. And then that old dude that was talking to Theo in the previous episode and said, oh, that belongs to Sauron, referring to the hilt thing, leads half of the people down the mountain to go surrender and say, oh, we're going to serve Sauron. They get down there and it does not go well. He brings up Sauron's name and Adar, as you said earlier, does not take that very well. And then he grabs that Rowan kid, the one who's been a pain in the ass ever since the first episode, grabs him and tells the old dude that he has to kill him if he wants to prove his loyalty to the dark forces. Yeah, that was really dark. It looks like we're led uh, to believe that he did it, that he gutted it. We don't see what happens. And don't forget, in Lord of the Rings, if you don't see it happen, it doesn't necessarily mean it actually happened. Yeah, Yeah, true. Okay. We may not have seen The Last of Rowan. I certainly hope we have, but we may not have. And back up in the tower, Theo finally comes clean because he and Arendir have a nice stepdad, stepson moment where Arendir is trying to help him and explaining why he's fighting for the people, even though the people have been bad in the past and supported Sauron in the past. Theo comes clean and shows the hilt to Arendir, which I was like, oh, thank God we don't have that as a secret anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because why? We've been waiting and waiting for someone else 
other than that old dude to find out about this. Aaron Deer pulls away some leaves that are covering like an etching in the rock up in the tower. And there's a picture of the hilt with what we think is Sauron's face, probably. Uh, I, I, have, I honestly had no idea. And they were like, it's a key. And it's like yeah, a they key said to, it was a key. A key to what? What to is darkness. it? Yeah. Everything is just to leading to the darkness. Yeah. Great. He shows it to Bronwyn and Bronwyn's like, oh, maybe we should just give up. And Arendir tells her, they know your son has this now because the old dude has gone down and told them. So now it's like certain death. Yeah. But at the very end of their story, Arendir is trying to convince Bronwyn, no, this is not your destiny. And she's like, well, maybe we're just always supposed to be bad because we were bad before and we survived. And Arendir is trying to convince her that there's another way we can figure something else out, but he doesn't have any suggestions at the moment. And she says, this tower will fall when they come. And then they both like go <gasps> and look up. So they've got a plan. Yeah. Which I can only assume is they're just going to like blow up the tower when they get there. I know. Perhaps. That's what they're going to bring it down. Eagles. Yeah. Crush them. Eagles? Yeah. Fly with the yeah. Eagles. We haven't seen the Eagles really yeah. in this. The oh, band? The, the band? No, the one Eagles? thing we need to talk about at the end of Nori's storyline, there was some weird, mysterious people with like shaved blonde heads oh, what, was, yeah. what was that yeah some mystical folks have located the crater that was left when the stranger right. arrived yeah. on right. Earth, and they look pissed yeah. yeah they look very mysterious i was like oh no more characters more characters that's exactly <laughs> what max worried. said i was worried but then that again went kind of nowhere we don't see them again we didn't learn anything about them they never spoke so that yeah. was odd and then there's also a lot of stuff with galadriel trying to convince holler at your boy to yeah. be the king and he doesn't want to be the king and he's like you don't know what i've done i've not been a good guy and galadriel's like well i'm not the best either and we're like yeah no duh eventually comes around and he's gonna go be the king and he wears this really badass armor all the armor looks so oh cool. yeah the queen's armor was yeah. the bomb the but queen even... continues to be like the fashion icon yeah. of this show she looked great in everything loved all of her clothes and her armor was the best she so, so cool good. and even all of the people's armor on the ship that it was like white scales oh, yeah. it looked so good cool. and then there was the whole thing about the sword fight and gladriel's trying to teach them oh, yeah. how to do the sword and the friend that had been kicked out with Isildur. I was glad for him because he made yeah. a comeback and now he's a lieutenant or a lieutenant. Oh, well, the British people always call them lieutenants. Uh, okay. Well, he uh, he mm. gets to be a lieutenant because he drew blood or flesh or something like that. Yeah. yeah so we got to see some cool sword play. That was we, fun. We finally, after four long episodes, got to see Gladriel do some badass stuff yeah. again. Yeah, she did it in the first like 10 minutes of the first episode and then she's been kind of annoying Just ever in since. rooms talking yep. up. Yeah, I mean she with her thin lips even when and her she mouth escaped, that doesn't move. Even when she escaped from jail, that was like two seconds. Yeah. But we got to see a very long sword fighting sequence where she was fighting off five people at one time. Yeah, and we got to see a tiny little hint of Halbrand with the sword, too, which, like, you know, we only got to see Halbrand, like, kick butt that one scene. He's been kind of passive other than that, but we know he's secretly, like, a badass, so that was fun. I want to see him fight more. He's, like, yeah. a really good fighter. They made you think that Galadriel and he were going to duel, because yeah. when he hears that yeah. she's fighting the soldiers, he comes running. Yeah. That was good. 
Yeah. That was really fun. It was, yeah. it was he, really cool. They were like, the elf is fighting the yeah. soldiers. And he like stopped in mid strut, turned around and ran the other way. Oh. oh, well, and then we need to talk about the king tells the queen regent to not go. Yeah. He says that the only thing awaiting her there is darkness. There's it's a lot like, of darkness. A lot of. Yeah, that's why we're going. We're going to fight that. Well, yeah. I think the king doesn't want her. He wants them to go, but he doesn't want her to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that makes the sense. island's going to get destroyed, right? That's what I don't understand. Like, shouldn't they all be going? I don't know. I think the prevailing wisdom, I guess, is that since they're going to help Galadriel and the Southland men, that it's going to prevent the disaster. Okay. Mm. That that is so punishment. some of them can stay back on the island. And yeah, because that... And it will be fine. I would feel like they should be doing like a mass exodus. Right no, now. because that disaster is a punishment from the gods for them not helping and since they are going to help that's going to prevent the disaster that's the real reason why the queen is going is yeah. not to escape the great wave but to prevent it from happening got it okay fair enough there was one other thing i wanted to bring up oh i know uh the one thing i really did like about l ron hubbard was those wine glasses those were cool yeah everything in his storyline looks great he's got oh, like yeah. a lot of cool looking stuff the table that they were talking about did look cool it was it a looked cool very looking heavy. table you know i i could have done without a lot of the dialogue <laughs> but the wine glasses i want some of those so yeah. you can give me that for my birthday present yeah especially because well, it turned maybe out maybe next year we're too late <laughs> especially <laughs> since the whole table thing turned out to be nothing and yeah it was just because Doran liked the table and wanted it and made up it, this crazy yeah. scene was so long for yeah them. I, yeah well, yeah trying to trick everyone in there story uh i really liked well the interesting thing about this episode too is that because it was so long it had a couple of spots where it could have been the ending of the episode yeah, yeah. you know ending a tv episode is different from ending a movie like it doesn't have to be resolved it could be a cliffhanger and i really felt like when the queen regent summons jennifer holiday what <laughs> hollow notes hollow notes yeah. how brand you haul when you <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when the queen summoned U-Haul and he left his little necklace on the table, I was like, oh, this is the last shot. Like, we're going to end on this because this is a good, it was, it would have been a good cliffhanger. Yeah. But no, it stayed on that thing for so long. And then you see his hand reach in and grab it. And the music swells. Yeah. And the next thing you see is everybody parading through the streets and he's wearing his armor. And that was so cool. That was yeah. very cool. There were a couple like of good that. shots. There was the shot before uh, Nori gets attacked by the wolves. It was like epic music music and you hear some wolf sounds and then everything just stops and all the sound stops yes wolf the, the camera had yeah. like a side view of nori and poppy and mulva running through the forest because they've realized that there are wolves in the forest and the music is intense they run by and then it's silence and there's just crickets in the background and then the wolves come yeah it was it so was good very yeah. suspenseful yeah yeah. I liked Nori's stuff. But overall, I would have to say this episode was a bit of a drag. I'm like, can they get off the island already? Oh We've my seen God. like two I was episodes of like getting ready to get off the island. And I'm yeah. just like, can we just get there, please? They finally do at the end of this episode and we get to see their cool ships again, which I enjoyed. But but why did it take an entire episode for them to lot, get? It a you, long episode. If you're concerned about not being able to fit in enough talky talk talking, just have it happen on the ship while they're going there. I don't, there's just leave already. They had a lot of meetings. 
There was, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of, yeah, a lot of meetings. Everybody was like, I got to have a meeting with Halbrand, and then I got to have a meeting with the king. And then uh, we're going to yeah. go meet with the grand vizier. But then we also have to meet with uh, Ellen Deal, which Ellen Deal continues to be his best zaddy self. He looks great again. Yeah. yeah. I love his armor. His helmet was he looks really so good. cool. He's the best looking guy in the show. I loved him. Yeah. yeah. So, but really, it's a whole lot of, oh, but really, should we go? And it's like, we all know as the audience that you're going otherwise than what are we even doing so get on with it just go go yeah we've been saying for like two episodes <laughs> now like Aaron Deer and Galadriel's storylines need to merge yeah. and it's I was surprised that they still have not yeah yeah especially because we only have three episodes to go yeah, yeah all, they're all as long as these that night. could be like 12 hours of yeah. content so. <laughs> true yeah the thrust of Galadriel's storyline this week was just trying to get Halbrand and I can finally call him that because they said his name like 90 times in this yeah, episode. Yeah, they did. It was all about him. Yeah. This was all about convincing Halbrand that he needs to go on this mission and he wanted to be a blacksmith. Yeah. Somehow he got the job, even though they told him previously he couldn't do it. But but yeah, there was... I, I did like the scene between the two of them when she goes to get him because the queen tells her in one of their many meetings that we're going to have a final council meeting and we're going to make a final decision on this tomorrow morning. And basically, if Halbrand is not in, then we're not going. Yeah. So Galadriel goes to make her final sales pitch and it was really a good scene and I really want to say that the actress that plays Galadriel is fantastic she is so good she's so good like and she does this stuff with her face yeah her facial expressions are on point. I, she has amazing control of her face. Mm-hmm. Her Have mouth you doesn't move. She's like a ventriloquist. Like she's got a lot of space between her nose and her upper lip. And her upper lip is very thin and only her bottom lip moves. Yeah. And it's a little disturbing for me to watch her talk. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Southlands. And, you know, she does this like thing where she doesn't open her mouth to talk. Yeah. She has... Yeah. She has amazing control. Like you said, yeah, her mouth doesn't really move that much. But then she has these facial reactions where like her lip jumps up two inches. It's always very quick. And it goes back to, you know, it's like you can tell she's maintaining this sort of serene controlled temperance. And I I feel like that's kind of like an elf trait, right? They're almost like, they remind me a lot of like, not to this extent, but like the Vulcans in Star Trek, where they're very like, Mm. just logical. And Galadriel is kind of ruled by her emotions because this whole thing is because she's trying to get revenge, but she doesn't like show that. You know, they're very on the surface, very just straight face, very controlled. Yeah. And she's passionate in a way that none of the other elves are really. Very true. She's very unique as a character, not just in this series, but across all of the Lord of the Rings stuff we've seen so far. It's like the most emotional an elf has ever been. Yeah, Yeah. very true, very true. What else did you think, Max? Uh, It was just way too repetitive overall, especially, well, the Halbrand stuff too, while there was a lot of good stuff in there, it's like condense it, make it one scene. Don't make them have to go back and ask him, are you going to be king three times? Why does it have to be three times? Make it one scene where it's no, yes, okay. Just do it all in one place. Same thing with literally every storyline except for uh, Nori's. Just, you know. But even Nori's, it's like this, like, let's get rid of the stranger. Oh, but he helped us. Oh, and then the next episode. No, we need to get rid of him. Oh, but he helped us again. Yeah, just get on with it. That one's a little repetitive, too. Like, I wouldn't mind. To a lesser extent than the other ones, but I wouldn't mind us. If it helps you get to the point, just give us a scene where definitely not Gandalf fights off the wolves and move on and that be all they do in the 
episode. I'm fine with that, too. Since there's already so much you're trying to pack in there, just, like, get everybody together quicker. Yeah, this one was a lot of stuff that we've already seen. A lot of the conversations are repeats, not just within the episode itself, but from previous episodes. Galadriel and Hallbrand, Durin and Elrond, Nori and everybody else about the stranger. We may not have had it in the most recent episode. It may have been from like two episodes ago. But it's the same conversation again and again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's either got to be about the journey or the destination. And usually Lord of the Rings is about the journey and the destination. But right now it's just a bunch of talking about the destination. Yeah. And it was interesting that Isildur's sister was only in a tiny bit of it. But this was a new plot deviation for us where she doesn't want them to leave. And she's trying to talk. Cayman or Keeman or whatever his name is, into telling his father that they shouldn't go, that he should overrule the queen, I guess. We don't find out why, what her reasoning is. Yeah. We see she her at the very like end. She's scared. She has a bad feeling about this. It's kind uh, of but she doesn't even say that. Yeah, I don't know. So we don't know where this is coming from. We haven't, in a previous episode, had her talk about how she doesn't want them to help the elf or anything like that. And since they've left Numenor, how much more time are we going to spend with her in the future? Yeah, Yeah, I don't don't know. know. I almost wonder, too, if it has to do with the older brother that we never saw. You know, she's worried because that guy disappeared or something. And, you know, she sees Isildur kind of following the same path. So maybe it has something to do with that. But they don't really tell us. Who knows? Maybe she'll end up going west because now nobody is going west. And we spent a whole lot of time talking about going west. There was the whole freaking Isildur thing where we're just like, he but I'm going to go, go west, west. because yeah. he wants to manifest oh, destiny it. or whatever. I don't know. Got but it. they took his horse, too. <laughs> yeah, they oh, took yeah, his that horse. was a whole other thing, too. Like, oh, <laughs> I'll take care of your horse for you. <laughs> and he's like, what? They're taking my horse? Yeah, because, you know, he got picked in the horse raffle or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was... <laughs> It's a good old fashioned it was the horse, horse draft. draft. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Selective service for horses. Oh, uh, yeah. The soldiers, everyone got to volunteer, but the horses, they don't have a say. Yeah. 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 We're was, just going to pick people. Yeah, exactly. Or, sorry, pick horses. <laughs> pick people, <laughs> pick horses. Yeah. Since we can't pick people, we're going to pick horses. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. It's starting to feel a little draggy. Yeah. Let's get there. Let's get this war on. It always bothers me when things are so dragged out, but we got not that much more information. Yeah. You know? Right. We still don't know who the stranger is. You know, they still haven't gotten to Middle Earth. You know, we got more mystery with these new bald people. We still don't know who Adair is or what his motivations are. This was just such a long episode for not that much to be actually accomplished. Well, we're going to be back next week and we'll see what new mysteries unfold, see what new characters are introduced in episode six. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we're going to pass this off to Jennifer to say goodbye. All right, everybody. That's our show. If you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at what do you mean you've never seen at gmail.com. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave five-star reviews. You can send us DMs, tweets, however you want to get in touch with us. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Jennifer. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Max. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. This episode of What Do You Mean You've Never Seen was edited by Jonathan Cologne and Max Abelman. 
Our episodes and digital content are produced by Max Abelman. Your hosts are our writer, Jonathan Cologne, producer, Max Abelman, and head of social media and community outreach, Jennifer Branch. All artwork for our show is created by James Alexander with Pleasant View Designs. Check the links in the description below for more information on how to follow the show and subscribe to our Patreon. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you at the movies. Thank you.